Wednesday, June sixteenth. Spencer Speak Sports, hosted by Spencer Swoboda, and there are sometimes reasons why I kind of hold off to record until you know the early afternoons of Sundays because in the NBA there was just breaking news story after breaking news story um, regarding coaches resigning, not signing extensions, getting fired. You have players who are going to be out for a period of time, whether it be injury or COVID. Um, I'll get into that in a sec. But yeah, it, it has just been rapid fire for NBA media today. And so let me just get into it. And I guess I'll start off with the the injuries here or or just health issues um chris paul guard of the suns nba veteran now uh was in consideration for uh, possible mvp voting um he's in the health and safety protocols because he tested positive for COVID 19 and if he is symptomatic i think that's going to be a period of at least 10 days in in the protocol to where he's going to be out and this is, I mean, the Suns are catching a break right now because they swept the Nuggets in four games, taking care of business. They're on to the Western Conference Finals, awaiting the Jazz and Clippers, who right now are in the middle of a, of a heated series, um, 2-2 right now. The Clippers, um, after losing the first two games, they win their the next two games at home. Now they're going back to Utah for game five. And the Clippers have an issue, too, because Kawhi Leonard, uh, the best player on that team and and one of the better players in the league, he may have an ACL injury. So he's out indefinitely because they have to wait for the swelling and the need to go down before they can examine um, things accurately and give a, a proper diagnosis of what exactly is going on. Um, I'm pretty sure they said a knee sprain, but yet I think there's been more up-to-date news saying that it's it could be an L- ACL uh, issue or injury. And that's that's things like th- this can, can really change how we view a series because we did it with the bucks and nets when when harden went out with the hamstring and then irving goes out with the ankle uh and then how that kind of shifted momentum to the bucks winning this series and now that is potentially changing and i'll I'll get into that too but um so so yeah let me go back i'm gonna go back to chris paul and just say that they're in a more fortunate um, scenario to where there is time and, and days off that they're not playing, especially not playing in a Western Conference Finals yet. And that should benefit them. But I still think Paul at this point is going to have to miss some some games here because, I mean, you got at most maybe um, – I'm trying to think at most maybe nine or 10 days. So I'm thinking at this point, I, I, I would, yeah, I would say game one of the Western conference finals is going to be impacted to where Chris Paul is not going to be able to play against either the jazz or Clippers. And that's, that's if that series goes seven games. Uh, but right now, if you have Kawhi Leonard out for the rest of the series and the way Utah has played at home, um, I, I, oh man, I mean, right. I think you gotta go with the jazz and, and that's also factoring in 
do you trust Paul George to be that lead, the the leader to to get a victory for for the Clippers? And I mean, I don't, <laughs> I I can't I can't say that for sure. So I mean, I got to give adv- advantage Jazz here. They could very well take care of this. They could win Game Five tonight, and then go and and win game six in LA um and this Kawhi Leonard injury is leaning more towards serious than 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 not so yeah like I was I was kind of favoring the Jazz I mean I thought they could have been in a situation to where they could have closed out the series tonight but good on the Clippers in in getting games three and four one um I mean, if I had to assess what happened, I mean, that's what you have to see is is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have to both put basically, yeah, basically put up 30 plus points um, from the two of them in, in these games, because that's what happened in game three. Leonard put up like 34, George put up 31, and then in game four, Leonard put up 31, George put up 31 as well. But Leonard's out now, so you need contributions from Marcus Morris, players like Reggie Jackson, um, Pat Beverly on the defensive end, uh, get Luke Kennard, who they paid an unnecessary amount of money to in the offseason, have him contribute, have him kind of prove his worth at this point. Um, But yeah, it is... and I, the Jazz even have Mike Conley out, but they still have Donovan Mitchell, and he's definitely their best guy. They still have Rudy Gobert on in the rebounding aspect, the defensive aspect, and, of course, scoring too. And then when you add Bogdanovich and Angles to shoot the three ball, Jordan Clarkson as well, uh, I, I really, really like the Jazz now, especially if Kawhi's out. Um what what other injuries are just impacting the playoff teams? Because I think it's it's easy to see now that the later season, because of the COVID ba- pandemic, how it resumed in the fall, and what it didn't finish up until October November of last season, that the turnaround was was way too quick, and yeah, we're seeing these injuries. So I, as I already mentioned, you have now well. Chris Paul is a little different because of the, the COVID pandemic, but I mean, if he gets vaccinated, this, this isn't an issue. Uh, but on the Clippers, I mentioned Leonard and, and Ibaka has been out for a little bit. The Hawks with uh, DeAndre Hunter, he he's out for, for the rest of the, the postseason. Um, Jazz with Mike Connolly, as I mentioned, the Bucks losing Dante DiVincenzo, Vincenzo there, a good role player for the team. Uh, the 76ers with Danny Green. I, I know Green doesn't make the most impact on the defensive end, but he can always give you um, uh, some good shots, especially behind the three-point arc. And uh, and then, yeah, the Nets with um, Harden and Irving, and, and thankfully for them, Durant's been healthy. But um, let me go into that because... I was thinking that after, because I think on Monday we already had, yeah, the, the the Bucks had won Game Four, so it was going to Game Five back in Brooklyn. And at this point, because Harden uh, Harden went out with the hamstring injury, Kyrie Irving went out in Game Four with the ankle injury, and you only had Kevin Durant. I, I was thinking, okay, the the Bucks seem to be now in control of this series. Could very well close it out in six. They lose last night, and a big factor, I think, even though it 
he didn't necessarily have a big contribution with, with the the points that he scored because he only scored five. But James Harden on Monday night, it would have been because they played last night uh, on Tuesday. On Monday night, James Harden, along with Kyrie Irving, were both ruled out of the game. And then Tuesday morning comes around, game day morning, Harden is upgraded to doubtful. So there's still a very slim chance that he plays now, but he still went from out to doubtful with with his hamstring issue that he suffered early in game one of the series. And then I think around early to mid-afternoon, he's upgraded to questionable. So now you're thinking, okay, maybe maybe he's like this is his injury is is doing well now. He's responding well, all of that. And then he is listed as as active for the game, which is I don't think I've ever seen that to where players out the night before the game and then is ended up playing in the game. So, yeah, I think the treatment and everything went well for Harden's hamstring. He goes out and contributes, like I said, only five points, but he still had six rebounds and eight assists and played for like 46 minutes. The biggest player in that in game five for the Nets was Kevin Durant. He scored like 49 points, had 17 rebounds, 10 assists. I'm pretty sure he is the only player in playoff history to have that stat line of like 45 plus, uh, 15 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists. So that's just ridiculous if, if that's true. I think it was from the Nets Twitter page, so it, it has to be correct. Um, but yeah, a 114-108 win. Uh, and I think a, a big thing too is that Jeff Green, who was actually out for most of I think actually all of the the first round series against the Celtics um, and the Nets still played obviously pretty well because they had Durant, Harden, and Irving. But Jeff Green in last night's game puts up 27 points, uh, definitely filled in for um, what Harden would usually put up uh, scoring-wise. Uh, and yeah, it, it's um, I, I'm kind of surprised, but uh, when you have two of the big three in your chances are going to go up and Blake Griffin's contributing well had 17 points last night um I mean if I have to check like Giannis Antetokounmpo did his thing Chris Middleton did his thing but I it's just I think Durant was just too overwhelming they couldn't stop him 49 points it showed and uh I, I I mean I don't know I just um I would think this is probably going seven. Milwaukee could probably get a win because I think every single every single game has been won by the home team. So, I, I yeah, I mean, you would have to. It's kind of it's kind of just with all these injuries, you you you're definitely switching what you're going with. And right now, just based on what happened last night, you would have to think the Nets are probably in position to win this series now, especially if Irving's able to come back. Like, that's the, that almost makes them full strength. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, a toss-up at this point. It went from Nets to Bucks to now we're at a toss-up uh, for that. So it's just super weird. Um, let's – I want to go to uh, the Sixers and Hawks. So the Hawks somehow – tie the series up 2-2 and I'm thinking that the Sixers are are, are on cruise control and yeah the, the Hawks were able to win a game at home so we're even up going into game five I still have advantage 76ers here um, 
I don't know if this was like the Hawks' last stitch effort to try to win another game in this series, but Trey Young did have 25 points and 18 assists, which is it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, Bogdanovich had 22, Collins 14, Capella 12, Herder added 10. So if you have all your starters scoring double digits, I mean you're you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, they were able. A big thing here is that. Because earlier in the series, you had Embiid scoring almost 40 points a game. Now he had, I mean, still had 21 rebounds, which is crazy, but he only had 17 points. And that's what you, I mean, that's what you have to do in order to have any shot of winning another game if you're Atlanta. You got, you got to try to minimize Embiid. Um, I mean, yeah, the amount of rebounds he had was kind of concerning. But um, but yeah, if, if you're limiting that offensive output, then I mean the Hawks, I guess, still have a chance. But I mean, I I, I don't know. Even with the absence of Danny Green, um, which who knows, it could be having a bigger impact than we may think. Um, but yeah, I I still got to roll with with Philadelphia here. Um, even if Atlanta wins Game Five. And as I mentioned at the start, you had some coaching uh, changes go down. And I think one management thing as well. Uh, but with the Wizards, you have Coach Scott Brooks and and Wizards management not coming to um, an agreement on a, on a deal for a contract extension. So Scott Brooks is out. And now you have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook looking for a new head coach. And as people who have listened to this before know that I was pushing for the Wizards hard to um, for people to give them the respect. They lost to the Sixers in what, five games uh, in, in the first round in the, in the playoff series. But um, yeah, I think I mean, the Wizards aren't as bad as people think. And if you get a really good head coach um, to, to work with those players and maybe make a, a couple additional offseason signings the wizard could the wizards could very well be back into the playoffs again um of course it's important to keep the pieces together to keep beal to keep westbrook there because i think there is something there uh it, they just need to like i said get some additional role players or impact players uh to, to help them out um to to be able to compete with the top teams in the east like the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks. Um, so, so yeah. So, I, I mean, I think Scott Brooks was a was a good coach. I just, I just really think it's, it was just the negotiation process that that kind of um, tore everything down and 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 really ruined any chances of a, of an extension. And then this was kind of super surprising to me with the New Orleans Pelicans, who have Zion Williamson, the the young superstar of the NBA, uh, but Stan Van Gundy parted ways with the organization. He talked to uh, GM Dave Griffin and, and they, yeah, they just, I, it was a mutual parting of ways. And I don't know. I, I really don't see Stan Van Gundy getting another job. I think he's going to go back into his media role like he did back uh, or last year, or even a couple or a few years. I think he, he, 
his absence from coaching and, and he was he was doing stuff for um espn and then tnt so so i think he'll probably go back into that and and not be looking for another coaching role and then this was this was the um the longest tenured person who who uh parted ways with the organization it was um dallas mavericks gm and i why am i drawing a blank on his name um donnie nelson there we go um donnie nelson and the team parted ways and this was after 23 years and and what one or two championships for the organization too um or they won the title in 2011 took out lebron james the way away chris bosh uh so that was a very impressive title that the organization got there um but yeah i think i think there was there was time uh, it, it was probably time to move on i don't know if rick carlisle the head coach is in jeopardy i think he should be safe but it's really up to to what mark cuban the, the owner of the mavs uh, wants to do but um my guess is that carlisle should be safe and um yeah, so so looking for a new GM to try to build around their young star and Luka Doncic, uh, who I believe is eligible for the Supermax now. So he could get a $210 million contract in the offseason coming up here. Um, but who knows? I don't know if Luka Doncic would want to necessarily stay with the Dallas Mavericks. And I think that's a big hiring that Mark Cuban has to make is to figure out who is the guy to be um, in the best position to try to retain what they have uh, on the team right now. Um, so, yeah. So so you got Brooks, Van Gundy, and then Donnie Nelson out this morning, along with the, the injury news of Kawhi Leonard with a knee ACL issue and then Chris Paul testing positive for COVID. Uh, so, yeah, super crazy in the NBA. <laughs> The U.S. Open Golf Tournament starts tomorrow, and this is on the Torrey Pines South Course, I believe, in La Jolla, California. And it's, I mean, I, I'm looking at the odds and, and who I would want to pick. Uh, I mean, it's it's a real toss-up. Like, I'm not, well, <laughs> and maybe it's because Phil Mickelson won the PGA you know, less than a month ago to where I'm like, I have no clue who the heck's going to win this. But um, I did pick Brooks Kepka, Kepka in the PGA. He got second and uh, with the because of the miracle tournament Phil uh, pulled out there. But um, if I'm looking at the odds, you know, you have John Rahm, who was on track to win the Memorial before his positive COVID test. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who won the tournament last year. Dustin Johnson's there, Shafle, Brooks Kepka in the mix, obviously, Jordan Spieth, Finau, who just seems to be cursing, can never win a tournament, uh, Patrick Cantlay, who actually won the Memorial after Rahm's withdraw, withdrawal. Um, let's see, Rory McIlroy's in there, Justin Thomas. But I think the guy I'm going to go with, and this is last year's PGA champion in 2020, uh, is Colin Morikawa. So the the golf course with Torrey Pines is it was renovated in in 2019, which obviously with a lot of renovations, the course is going to gain more yardage and it's going to be more difficult to play. Um, I think 
Morikawa does have the ability to to handle a course like this, um, and and, ha- and has uh, the the ability to handle the length of it, because a, a player like the Bryson DeChambeau, I mean, he could very well win win this tournament, no doubt. But I think there's a situation to where his 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 driving and and the amount of distance he's able to get get off the tee hurts him and i think this could show up in a, in, in a tournament like this in a, in a golf course like tory pines um so that's why i'm not really going with him i for yeah i think colin morikawa because he's not in the top 10 of, of the favorites just based on odds and i think this is based on DraftKings sportsbook these odds um so yeah so i got to I got to go with Morikawa. Um, I kind of like Victor Hovland too at plus twenty eight hundred, but but for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock it in with with Morikawa at plus twenty five hundred, um, and then I'll do a dark horse. I I can't remember who my dark horse was in the PGA. Was it Max Homa? I, I so I think I picked I think I picked him, and it was. Yeah, really, really high odds on that, and I don't think he even made the cut. He he shot like nine over par in the first two rounds, but I think I'm gonna go with. I'll have two of them. I like as a dark horse Lee Westwood at plus fifteen thousand, and then I also like last year's U.S. Open runner-up Matthew Wolf, who is plus twenty thousand. Um. So those are my those are my two dark horses. I think maybe it's because Lee Westwood was somewhat competitive in the 2018 U.S. Open to where it was played at Torrey Pines. Uh, Tiger Woods famously won that tournament in a playoff. I mean that was his last major title before he won the Masters in 2019. Uh, but yeah, I think I think if I had to, I, I, I guess I'm going with a veteran player, of course, because. Of, 2008 we got 13 years ago so yeah westwood was competitive then a little bit so you know let's see if he brings back some magic so i'll go with him and then i'll go with a younger golfer there and matthew wolf who has had past success and yeah a decent i mean betting 100 to win 20,000. i mean not not a bad not a bad idea um so yeah so that's what i got so favorite gonna be morikawa dark horses westwood and wolf for the 2021 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. 